What is up, Daddy Gang? It is your founding father, Alex Cooper, with Call Her Daddy. Janelle Monet, welcome to Call Her Daddy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, first of all, I'm just so excited to meet you. I'm a huge fan of all your work. I was listening to your music on my way here and I'm like, okay, you are giving sexual, sensual, mm. fun party Ooh. vibes. It's, it gives all the vibes. Your album is amazing. I'm so happy to have you here. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Of, course, of you, course. I'm I'm a big fan of your thank show. You. Thank you. Of thank your you. experience, rather. So uh, I was really happy when I found out we were going to do this. Thank so thank you. Thank you. This episode is presented by Sparkling Ice. Turn up summer with Sparkling Ice. They have over 17 anything but subtle flavors, all made with zero sugar and packed with vitamins and antioxidants. Iced tea and lemonade, strawberry watermelon, tropical punch, peach nectarine. Yum. Crank up the flavor. Sparkling Ice. Anything but subtle. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Some things work so well. It's basically magic. Like my favorite highlighters that I'm like, wow, how did you all of a sudden make me look glowing? And you know what else really works, Dottie Gang? Shopify. It is a global commerce platform that helps you sell. I've seen a big difference in my online merch sales. They are especially good at turning browsers into buyers. I can see someone that's been on the site but didn't check out or someone that checked out and then is revisiting the site. Like if you want to grow your business, Daddy Gang, sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash unwell, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash unwell. Okay, tell me how your summer's going. You were on vacation. Mm -hmm. Where were you? Let us pretend we were there with you. Oh, please. (laughs) I'm like, can we all just go on vacation for the whole summer? Come on, everybody. Everybody, let's do this. Let's all agree that summers are for vacations. Paid for by the government. I love this energy. Paid for by the government. Uh, let's. We're gonna like manifest it here now <laughs> because it's like when you were younger. I feel like summers were always vacation because off of school. But when you become an adult, yeah. nothing is fun anymore. We're like, how? <sighs> we need to go on vacation. Okay, so where were you? Okay, so I was in Ibiza, Ibiza, Ibiza. Spain. Okay, um, and then I stayed there for probably like five or six days, okay. which was like an experience like it is a party place so we did not go to sleep I went with like 10 of my other friends and we didn't go to sleep till like 7 in the morning every morning I can't even say night right but it was so fun it was that that ooch ooch music I kind of like ooch ooch but I need like some hip-hop some something mixed in with it but but it was so fun the sunsets are beautiful. And wow. then the second portion of the vacay was Jamaica. Oh, I've never been. Ocho Rios. Beautiful people. The food, the chicken patties, oh. the beef patties, the shrimp curry, oh, the plantains. I had at least 152 plantains. What? One by one. Oh. Yeah. As the you water. Were saying that, I'm like, ooh, I feel like I'm there with you. Oh, mm-hmm. it was like, it was heaven. So I will say I'm sort of mentally still there. It's okay. We can yeah. like keep it chill. We're on vacation. This is yeah. summer. Like we're just going to relax today, okay? Let's relax. <laughs> and it's so interesting that you say like as kids growing up, it just reminded me like yeah. I didn't take vacations as a kid. Okay. I think that's why I'm so adamant about it now. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, you know, my parents worked a lot mm-hmm. and, and we uh, didn't get the opportunity to go outside of Kansas. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't take my first vacation until really my first album came out and now you're like i deserve this i'm making up for lost time as you should that's phenomenal i feel like when i go on trips with my friends there's someone in the friend group that's like the planner that's like the reservations and the itinerary (laughs) person and then there's people that are more like chill and just going with the flow who are you in the friend group oh my god i'm the one actually sending out the group texts like dinner i could be at the club it could be four in the morning i'm like lunch is going to be served at 2 p.m breakfast for anybody between nine and noon 
um, dinner's gonna be at eight. Like I love making the itineraries. I'm that friend. You're the dream though. I'm, I'm, yeah. Like and people are I, like, Janelle, why are you doing, and I just, I don't know. I just love curating experiences. Yeah. yeah. I grew up actually um, throwing parties with my best friends, mm -hmm. middle school. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. sixth grade seventh grade we would rent out this location in one of our friends neighborhoods this little white building and we would charge people a dollar to get in and oh I would hide in the bathroom because I didn't know who was going to come I had so much anxiety around it and then once it would get packed my friends would come underneath the stall because I locked myself in the bathroom they'd be like it's packed come out come out bitch get out get out get out and so I've just always loved curating Damn. experiences for people I I mean I think that's a like a great trait <laughs> and quality to have like I feel like that makes a lot of sense of like what, what I wanted to talk to you about today is obviously your new album The Age of Pleasure mm -hmm. is out and I was while I was listening to it I'm like you have such a specific great vibe that's like very infectious which I love and I'm curious like are you currently in your age of pleasure? Have you always been like, and what is age of pleasure to you? Ooh, that's a great question. Yeah. Um, I wasn't always in my age of pleasure. Mm -hmm. I've been in age of fear, mm -hmm. age of anxiety, age of just um, worry, uh, a fight, you know, fighting back against systems that seek to oppress folks like myself and the people that I love and centering that mm -hmm. um and with this album which I actually don't even call an album I say that it is a soundtrack to a lifestyle mm -hmm. it's a lifestyle you know we live this um I wrote this 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 project for my friends and for me and I was just like if we fuck with it that's all I care about. Mm -hmm. So I would throw parties at, at my house with my friends who own this um, party collective called Everyday People. Mm -hmm. And if I knew we were going to be having and hosting them on a Saturday, that Monday or Tuesday, we would go into the studio and we would write like two to three songs that would work in the DJ's playlist. Damn. I wouldn't tell anybody it was me. Mm -hmm. I would not like make a big thing about it. And I would be very nervous, like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Are people going to sit down? Because if people sat down, it was not going to go mm -hmm. on the album. If people were not Shazamming, it wasn't going on the album. And so every song that you hear, all of my friends, all of the people who were with us celebrating in this safe space, mm -hmm. um, they are responsible for the songs making the album. That takes a lot of confidence but also just like <laughs> self-awareness to be like i'm gonna play my friends my songs they're gonna have no fucking idea it's me <laughs> and watch let's see if they vibe with it so yeah. like every single because i was thinking i when i was listening to champagne shit i was like okay Ooh. like this is a vibe like i would listen to this like getting ready with my friends like getting ready to go out like but then I'm oh I'm wondering like so you're sitting there being like do they like it do they like it and then you're like check that's going on the soundtrack yep I'm like how do people move okay Shit. what or I saw some people shazamming and then some people would be like wait is this but I never would confirm I would go hide and be like you know having somebody else tell me what's going on um, but yeah like it's it's as an artist presenting anything before the world gets it like for that first time. Mm -hmm. I talked to a lot of my artist friends and we're all like, it is one of the most like scary things ever, scary feelings to have because mm -hmm. it comes from such a pure place when we create and for it not to be accepted, you don't know, you you know, you, you take it. But for me, I got, I, I was like, I'm ready. I'm okay. I had to heal some shit, yeah. you know, cause, cause some of that is attached to, to just rejection issues abandonment issues like people don't like my stuff that could go down to the root of an issue that you just need to fix and I definitely used um, a portion of this pandemic to to sort of work on that and to get to to my own you know traumas that I had to heal and to get to a place to where I was like wait I've been really centering fighting so much that I don't even know what my life is like outside of that who am I you know I taught I, I, I like who am I outside of the fight? Mm -hmm. You know, who yeah. am I? And so I had to mm -hmm. sit with myself and ask myself. And, you know, when I think about the word pleasure, there is no pleasure without feeling safe. Yeah. I didn't always feel safe. That's so, I appreciate you sharing that because I, one 
can relate in terms of like putting something creatively out there and being extremely nervous to see obviously like are people gonna like it on top of that obviously you infusing parts of you with your sexuality and race and growing up and your experiences like that's like a really vulnerable moment to be infusing something into a work of art and then like Mm -hmm. fingers crossed hoping people like it Mm -hmm. you kind of have to slowly be really good with yourself to be able to know like sure I can like perfect my craft a little bit more but down to the core like if people don't like it I'm still going to be okay with myself and that must take time though exactly it does it takes a lot of unlearning yeah it takes a lot of um fucking with yourself Mm -hmm. you know and 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 like I have to say like you have to be like I fuck with me Mm -hmm. you know yeah okay somebody doesn't like a song that I made but that doesn't make me a bad songwriter yeah that doesn't make me a bad artist that doesn't mean that I should just throw away my whole career you know It, it, it and you have to just understand that sometimes we're not always in the same space that we can take in yeah you know take Mm -hmm. in the message or the energy that an artist is trying Mm -hmm. to put out and um there's nothing wrong with that it's just like okay this didn't resonate with you okay Mm -hmm. but i don't give you that power over me Mm -hmm. you're not more powerful your thoughts about my art are not more powerful than my Mm -hmm. thoughts Mm -hmm. about my art yeah it's so real what you're saying too because even when i was listening to you say like I was fighting for so much of my life like and when am I gonna get out of this stage that's also the beauty of art is like it will come to it when you're ready like your music would have sounded so different in your fighting stages versus now when you're like I fucking love myself I'm more clear on who I am I'm more secure in certain things that were like eating me alive maybe when I was younger and going through it and you can tell like this album I like it makes you smile it makes you feel yourself mm. it makes you just like want to live and I, I don't know if that sounds corny but like no it's facts. no it's really beautiful thank it's you really, so much really, for sharing yeah that. every moment of your soundtrack felt very thoughtful and mm. and put together and it, it is a story so I just I'm Aww, a creative person so you. I just want you know I really respect you and it's great Thank you. You know, I, I wanted to focus on feeling mm-hmm. too. You know, I think feeling is what music uh, gives us. It makes us feel. It makes us want to dance. Mm-hmm. It makes us want to party. It makes us want to cry. It makes us want to feel ourselves and feel mm-hmm. sexy, have sex. All those things is such a powerful energy. And the fact that it's a feeling that I had that I felt like, man, this is this makes me feel good knowing that that makes you feel and we are just meeting each other that's such i think that's such a beautiful exchange so Mm -hmm. thank you so much of course it's interesting you kind of mentioned this earlier and i want to talk about it i know you've talked about going to therapy and working on yourself and i know you're at a great place in your life and you know the age of pleasure but let's go back a little bit Mm -hmm. what is the biggest part of yourself you had to heal in order to be who you are sitting here today Oh, wow. You know, one of the things that I had to do was, again, deal with my rejection and abandonment sort of trauma. Mm -hmm. Um, Where did that start from? You know, my dad and I, who were like this now, we're super close, but my dad struggled with addiction growing up. And so he was in and out of my life. And so there were just times where I didn't know if he was really going to come and pick me up. You know, I I just, I did, the trust wasn't there. I felt let down. Mm -hmm. There were, you know, moments, um, that, 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 that happened all the way up into, you know, high school and, and, and other things that happened. So I had to go back to those times that were painful, that those times that I I just had to forgive my dad. Mm -hmm. I was like, I have to forgive you. You were struggling with drug addiction. You were not, um, the best version of yourself. Mm-hmm. And now that you are, we get to make up for that. We get yeah. to make up for that time. And as I healed that and I talked to him about it, a lot changed for me. Mm-hmm. As I forgave him, I forgave my own self for spending so many years, you know, um, in that dark space and connecting that to my art. You know, if, if, if I thought that I had done something wrong, mm-hmm. you know, why wasn't he showing up for me? And so when you 
go and you in, in the back of your head or thinking that you're doing something wrong, that your own dad isn't around. If in your art, you feel like people are not liking what it is that you're doing or they're judging you or whatever. It's so all it's intertwined, mm -hmm. you know, the feeling of like them leaving you like your dad left you. You never want to feel that. And so I had to get to a place where I was, uh, I understood what that was and I had to let go and I had to be okay with knowing that there's nothing wrong with me mm -hmm. if, if, if folks don't want to come to my party, yeah. you know, even me hiding in the bathroom, they don't, they didn't want to come to my party. Okay. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean there's anything wrong with me. My dad, it wasn't a, nothing wrong, wrong with me while my dad wasn't around. He was struggling. He was battling mm -hmm. and people are battling so many things. People are into different things that perhaps what you're, you're doing doesn't necessarily align with it or they just plain might not like it yeah. and that's okay. Yeah. But do you like you? Mm-hmm. I think it's so interesting when you start to connect to your childhood and how your parents raised you and, you know, what trauma did you go through when you don't deal with it? There's just like this anger in you or yeah. there's this like resentment and there's just a part of you, even if you don't want to label it that, like there's just something in you that you feel like yeah. you haven't resolved. And a lot of times we don't have the perspective of kids of like, Oh, like this wasn't intentional that my dad was doing this to yeah. like neglect me and make me feel abandoned, but it happened. And so two things can be true, right? Mm -hmm. Like he wasn't trying to like inflict pain on you. He right. was going through something, but it affected but you. It did. And yeah. until you go through all of that, mm -hmm. it's going to influence the way that you move in yeah, life. That you see life. Mm -hmm. yeah. But even you saying it's interesting, like it affected your art. I'm interested to know how did it affect your personal relationships with this theme of abandonment within you. Mm -hmm. It affected them mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. It was just like trust issues. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, breakups were intense Yep, because it just mirrored that. But now like there were moments where, you know, I was dating someone and you know, we broke up and, and, and I just was like, I will never talk to this person again the way they made me feel, mm -hmm. I will never talk to them again. And after I started to um, go through therapy and I have an emotional support coach mm -hmm. that I talked to um, after, which by the way, therapy, like we're, we're, we're benefiting from therapy. I just mm -hmm. really wish that it was free for every person around the world. Preach. I really, really, really do wish that there was a fund that everybody could access where they could have therapy, they could have somebody to talk to and work through. I do believe that we will be in a much better shape as a community, as a nation, as a world. Mm -hmm. um, so I just wanted to say that because oh, I, I feel like, damn, I wish everybody could go, could experience these things. Mm -hmm. um, so I was like, I will never talk to this person again. Mm -hmm. And after I went through, you know, understanding and, and getting to the root of like my, my rejection, abandonment, um, trauma, you know what I did? Mm. I thanked the person who I was in a relationship with and it, and it did not work out for us. Mm. I thanked them. I said, you know what? And my emotional support coach said that I was going to do that. Mm -hmm. It's like, you are going to thank this person because you know what this person did for you. They forced you to deal with something that you were not going to deal with. Mm. They pushed you to go back to the root of the problem. You were not gonna do it, you were moving. You were too busy moving, you didn't have time. Mm -hmm. But that relationship, the ending of that specific relationship forced that. And I literally called that person and I thanked them. I said, thank you so much. You have no idea, like I was really walking around here hurt and you forced me to like, you know, and so they started sharing things with me. Yeah. They were just like, I just wasn't ready. I was confused myself. I did not trust. It was going so well for, for us. I'm so used to chaos mm. that I didn't, I felt like this was not going to end how I wanted it to end. I, I'm also dealing with rejection issues. So we just kind of healed through each other. Damn. And, and that, and, and, and it helped me in my other relationships. I was like, here are the, here are the things that I was doing because of my trauma, mm -hmm. when I'm free from that trauma, I'm like a really, really, really like beautiful partner to have. And it just helped me to understand how I want to show up for, for my future partners. Isn't that so interesting when you meet people in life that obviously, again, like you needed to work on yourself to be able to have that hindsight and be like, wait, that was so helpful. But yeah. like most of the time, 
in life in romantic partnerships I feel like specifically like you can get so hurt by them but that's not your family so you're like I can walk away but you're always going to learn something so incredible and yeah. if you can get past that hurt initially yeah. we really should be thanking all of our exes because yes. it's like even if you cheated on me like I have partners in the past that I had so much resentment and anger mm -hmm. and I look back and I'm like there's so much I learned about myself mm -hmm. and my resilience and my mm -hmm. worth and yeah. it's like had that not happened of course there's moments in life where like I wish no harm on anyone but like yeah. certain themes that you can take find the good part part of it yeah. rather than feeling so negative and angry because mm -hmm. that gets us nowhere yeah so it's interesting no. to hear you talk about like how you connected with that person yeah at first being like great. i'll never talk to you again and then you're yeah. like wait a second thank you thank you like fucking thank you and i will say though i mean i know it's like sometimes with exes because i also had an ex that was just like man i wish i really had this new version of you mm -hmm. like when we were dating yeah. i wish that i was around that was the person you showed me and I was just like yeah I, I agree but listen what do you want me to say yeah, like I like, wasn't I wasn't yeah. ready I was growing I needed to grow and you know mm -hmm. um I'm sorry you know true and you know it's interesting but I've had I remember an ex I had kind of similar to that but you also wonder like but if I was this new version of myself, we mm. probably wouldn't have been together because you were attracted to me. Then we ended up that for some part. reason, right? We were both toxic as hell mm -hmm. as hell. Right. We both were toxic. And right. so like you can wish. Yeah, it wouldn't. Have, you would. We. I would right. definitely would not. This new version <laughs> would have not dated. <laughs> right. You know, that 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 person. I love you. Yes. I love you. But there's just no yeah. way that I could put myself back uh into that sort of like chaos chaos yeah yeah and it's like again it's like you're both growing so for him to be even able to see your growth yeah phenomenal love it amazing yeah. but we probably needed to go on our own ways to actually get whole and good and feel yeah. healthy within ourselves and maybe that's just not the right fit but at the time it was yeah and so we can appreciate each other's growth but we're yeah. not gonna grow together yeah <laughs> we, we we grew together and and that's a beautiful thing i always want the best for people like yeah. even if we're not together mm -hmm. as a human that also helped contextualize breakups mm -hmm. is like even though we're not together i don't want anything negative mm -hmm. to happen to you i don't want you to I don't want anything bad to happen yeah. to you as a human. I want the best for you. Mm -hmm. And if that means that it's not with me at that time or at that season, mm -hmm. then so be it. Yeah. Yeah. If someone's listening to this and is like, wow, I really relate to you. Maybe they had someone in their life that didn't show up for them and was constantly, you know, neglecting to be there and show up. Mm -hmm. What did actually working through that childhood trauma like mm -hmm. look like for you because i can see some people like you know how do i even begin to like repair this like where do i start Ooh, um i mean like i said i just wish everybody yeah. could afford therapy so if but if you can mm -hmm. try to get you a good therapist that you can just talk freely to that can help you like and don't lie to them yeah. you know don't lie mm -hmm. be transparent tell the truth have make sure that they they're pushing you mm -hmm. um and you need to not be afraid to do the work it's going to be painful mm -hmm. it's going to be a lot of tears a lot of crying a lot of just like confusion but just know that you're growing like you know better right you're no you're you're understanding you a lot more and sometimes that that feels confusing to your body to your cells because you're literally being like rerouted like the way that your mind is 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 being re rewired mm -hmm. so it's going to feel uncomfortable but just stay the course because yeah. i promise you that if you do the work there is going to be you're going to be like, I never thought I would see the day. I literally never thought that I would be this person. It's like I planned, I sort of planned it out, but to live it out and to be living what I dreamt about doing and, and the freedom in which yeah. I move. Cause it's not that like, you're not going to deal with issues and problems and things like that. But the way that I'm so solid with myself now, yeah. I didn't know, you know, I, 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 I was free, but, but there are levels to it yeah there are levels to it so just stay the course and you'll reach the next level i love that advice because even hearing you talk it's like 
we all reach a point in life when we haven't dealt with our shit where it just starts yeah. coming up more and more mm-hmm. relationships are failing friendships are having issues there's mm-hmm. things at work like it just starts to creep up yeah and those are usually the moments where in a good way like you cannot deny you need to address it and mm-hmm. i love that you said it's so fucking uncomfortable yeah but you got to do the work because then you, you won't be uncomfortable. It. But you're going against something that you literally have been living this way your whole life. Yes. So you're going like against the grain. You're going against yourself. Be- your future self is fighting your past yeah, version, your past old self. version of yourself. Damn. It's like Looper <laughs> in a sense, but different. Right, right. Anyway. Um, You mentioned now that you have a good relationship with your father. Mm-hmm. And I can imagine there are people really relating to you today also of like how did you know it was time for that you were going to be able to forgive and have an actual relationship with your dad I wanted it you got to want it too sometimes you're just like "Mm, I don't really want a relationship Mm -hmm. just because you birthed or helped bring me into this world Mm -hmm. like as a person you can be like I don't really want this and that's totally fine I think I wanted it because my dad is cool. Like my dad also had a music career, but drugs got in the way of that. Mm -hmm. And so me and him can talk music. He understands like all my favorite artists or his favorite artists. When I put out Lipstick Lover, all of the art that that I'm doing, my dad supports it. Like he's like, I want you to know as your dad, I think what you're doing is brave, is sick as fuck. I love you. I want you to know I got your back. Like as a black man in this living in this country, I'm supporting you, my queer non-binary, um, you know, artistic daughter. Like I'm here for you. And I knew he always had that sort of, that's sort of where I get, both my parents are like shows, like they could each have their own TV show and people, they would not care about me. They'd be like, your mom and your dad, like, you know, they're not together mm-hmm. because they're very much so alike mm-hmm. in, in many ways. You know, they're, they're super like flamboyant and their personalities can take up a room. Mm-hmm. Um, but good, sweet people. Yeah. Um, so with my dad, I always knew that like when it was time to take risks, that was going to be the person that was going to affirm me. Mm-hmm. And I and I and I wanted that and I needed that. Mm-hmm. And also for him, I wanted to give him another opportunity post like being sober to know me Mm. you know to know me I think I think that that for both of us we needed that like I needed to have the support of 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 my dad Mm -hmm. and I felt like for him to have been because he had also gone to prison so he had been locked away for years and I was like I want him to come out sober and to know what it's like to receive love yeah. from me. Was yeah. that? Not guilt. Wh- how old were you when your dad went to prison? I'm timeless. timeless. So. Yeah. You're like, it doesn't matter. I was there. <sighs> I was alive at some point. Yeah, I know. What, um, no, but I was, uh, this it was in, on and off, you know, mm-hmm. middle school, okay. elementary school, high school. Yeah. Like, always. You're so successful in so many different areas like you're an author you're an actor you're a singer it's insane how talented you are and i'm thinking again it's always like we never know what someone goes through like you rising to fame having your father you know having these struggles like were you ever just was he still struggling when you first came up and started to get famous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, no, he was, that's when he sort of got, got clean. So that was great. That was good. Okay, I that, needed that right at that time. Uh-huh. Cause I was going to say like, damn, do. like everyone probably seeing you in the tabloids and everything, like having all this success and yet you want to repair a relationship with your father yeah. because there's nothing everyone can relate when you do something so good at work or at school or yeah. when you want to call your parents yeah and you because you know there's no one that's going to be more proud of you yeah and so I appreciate you sharing that a little bit because it's like yes you have all this success and yeah. but family and again when I say family I always make sure to clarify like I don't care if they're blood like you don't yeah. have to be with people that abuse you or whatever whatever you right. consider who your family is mm-hmm. to be able to repair relationships if you want it yeah it is kind of beautiful because you get to share your life with people that love you and support you and there's no jealousy it's just like we fucking love you like your mom outside the talent shows being yeah like, That's <laughs> yeah like, mom, i was like stop. Ooh, mom no it's really cute 
This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Some things work so well. It's basically magic. Like my favorite highlighters that I'm like, wow, how did you all of a sudden make me look glowing? And you know what else really works, Dottie Gang? Shopify. It is a global commerce platform that helps you sell. I've seen a big difference in my online merch sales. They are especially good at turning browsers into buyers. I can see someone that's been on the site but didn't check out or someone that checked out and then is revisiting the site. Like if you want to grow your business, Daddy Gang, sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash unwell, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash unwell. You are very private about your dating life. Yeah. How have you decided to make that decision in this crazy Hollywood world that we live in? I just did. Mm -hmm. I was like, hmm, just watching, observing. I was like, you know, the people that actually are more private seem more happy Mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. They just seemed more happy, you know, because it's like, you don't have to worry about, you know, anybody seeing your partner over here and being like, oh, they're not, they're, they they assume that if you're not with them and they're seen with somebody else that you broke up mm-hmm. and now you got to go answer that question and you have to go do that. And perhaps maybe later on in life, I'll open up a little more. But for now, mm-hmm. I love having, I love protect, and it really is for the protection of, yeah. of, of them. Yeah. Um, I, I don't want them to, you know, cause I can handle sort of like paparazzi or whatever. Yeah. It's annoying sometimes. Sometimes it's fun. Mm-hmm. I love messing with them, whatever. But I never want anybody that I'm dating mm-hmm. to ever feel pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, cause they didn't ask for it. Yeah. You know, they didn't ask for it. So I just like to keep peace yeah. and, and harmony and no expectation from the public to know our every move. Mm-hmm. I think that's really healthy. And I think in a weird way, I do always talk about on my show now, like I feel like people now more than ever can kind of relate to a lack of privacy, even if you have 500 followers, like Mm -hmm. we have accessibility now to post as much as we want. And I think there are people that feel societal pressure to like post my partner with me because it's like, there's almost like social currency that comes with like being this it couple and having whether yeah. you're in college or high school like this is everywhere now where people are feeling pressured to prove something on the internet yeah and when you can actually step back from it i'm not saying don't post on the internet but like try to find a balance within yourself of like mm-hmm. why are you actually doing this why yeah. are you doing certain things is it just to get the photo to prove something to people right it's just it's not as healthy yeah you know like live some type of privacy is really good for yourself because then you can also be with yourself like do i like this person or do i like how i'm doing this or do i even want to do this right you kind of have to like make sure you're not just doing it for the gram yeah no seriously i think because it's the norm to people to be like well you must post your kids and who you're dating and you know it's sort of like that's the norm these days um definitely I don't feel like anybody should feel pressure Mm -hmm. and I think that if you are in a relationship where they're like if you don't post me we're done I've had like people we were just talking about this when we were on vacay and there was a question like are would you be upset if your partner did not post you on social media Mm -hmm. and there were a lot of mixed questions Mm -hmm. I mean answers but I was just like we have to talk about that first and foremost and if we agree that we want to keep things private then Mm -hmm. no but also like if my love is defined by a post you don't post me enough on social media like I really need to understand my own damn like priorities in life is that really necessary for me so I just think it's like for me it's not Mm -hmm. um I do think people should have conversations around it prior so that there are no expectations Mm -hmm. and know because it could hurt somebody's feeling too though if they feel like you're trying to hide them but that's deeper that's like y'all need to really (laughs) literally (laughs) y'all need to really work Work through through some things yeah no that's true because I'm thinking about it like I feel like there are some people that also now because social media has been like very you know prevalent for the past I guess like 10 something years Mm -hmm. people may have been in relationships where someone was 
extremely adamant about posting them and they almost found like when we're good he posts me when we're not he doesn't post me Mm. so when you go to your next relationship I bet there are some people that have like lingering feelings about like well why aren't you posting me and someone could literally be like because I don't think we need to I love you we're sitting here together isn't this better than us taking a selfie so also check in with yourself of like are you comparing yourself to your friends or your past relationships? Mm. Get on the same page as your yeah. current partner. Yes. They may not be being shady at all. They're actually right. like, no, I fucking love you. And I don't feel like we need and to. I want, or I want to protect you yeah. from, you know, yeah. all of the scrutiny the or the, yeah. you know, just, just things like yeah. that online world. It's its own matrix. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, it's, it's tough. It's wild. What are you like in a relationship? Are you romantic? <laughs> are you dominant? Like, what's the vibe over there? Ooh. Um, that was also, we played this game called, oh, God, I'm going to, uh, I got to get the get the name of it. Actually, it's a, a, a black guy who made the game, oh. card game. So it's not a lot of us in that space. So I really, really have to get the name of it. Oh my God! It's the anyway. One of the if you cards. Want, I can said, link it in the description. Okay. When you, if you can have I'll, your team send it, I'll you're put so it in. sweet. I got it. How I sweet got of it. you? Of course. Okay, but the one of the questions was like, "What would your ex say about you?" And we were just like, everybody was like, "Ooh, wow, that's a good one." Um, I feel like now, I am. Let me think. I mean, because you know, it's like. And so the question, when the question made me be like, well, this is what I think about myself, but right. what if right. that isn't what they thought about right. me? Like, okay, of course I'm going to say glowing reviews <laughs> about me, you know, or maybe like a couple things that I need to work on, but you know, it could have been some other things. So for me, if I was being honest in a relationship, I mean, I think I used to be a very like hard to know if I really loved them sort of person like it was hard to get to my heart Mm -hmm. because I had just been hurt and I hadn't really again dealt with sort of that trauma or of of someone what it would feel like of somebody leaving me Mm -hmm. I never wanted anybody to leave um me and if they did I didn't want them to ever feel like I really loved you you know because like if you if I really told you that I really loved you and you we still didn't work then like wow what a stab in the heart right yeah um but now having gone to this new space um I'm a big communicator I you know believe in evolution even in your partnerships and even if you started out one way I'm always open to us growing Mm -hmm. and I want to make sure that as we grow individually and as you know, together, um, um, I've also been in polyamorous relationships as well. And I, you know, know what it's like to be with multiple partners. Mm -hmm. So it's very important that, you know, we're communicating in real time about our feelings. And if things are coming up, like if, if one person feels like, okay, um, I'm having feelings of jealousy or I need some more time with both of you or, you know, uh, how do we, you know, if we, if we need to like work on some things, Mm -hmm. I like to know that. And I always welcome, you know, feedback. Um, I'm that type of person. Like I, I don't, I don't ever want to be in a relationship where, uh, I'm thinking we're good and we're not. Yeah, like you're wondering, like, like, what? like just let me know. Yeah, because I, I could probably adjust. We yeah. could adjust. Perhaps it was a misunderstanding, or perhaps like, oh, you know, maybe you thought you knew mm-hmm. me, or you knew how you you don't know how much I love you. Yeah, I need to be more expressive mm-hmm. in in those things, and um, so I think I'm averse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. So I I can be dominant sub Mm -hmm. like you know i'm non-binary as well so i can go with the i can go with the flow about things i love it meaning like i don't i don't just consider myself like to be boxed in as like this type of partner like sometimes you need me to be more like water okay okay i need to be more like water you need me to be more like a rock for us okay i'll I'll be more like a rock for us (laughs) how did you know was there like a conversation or did you just know the moment when you first had your first polyamorous relationship? Like, how did you know that you were comfortable with that dynamic? 
Well, I was already in a relationship mm-hmm. and, and the person who was a, attracted um, to me was also attracted to my partner. Mm-hmm. And so they made it very clear and we just made it work. Okay. Would you, would you continue to have those type of relationships again? Like, are you still interested in that or has anything changed? Sure. Mm-hmm. I'm open to love. You, you know, be- I'm like, I think... You know, I love going to weddings and, you know, there are certain traditions that I love and congratulations. I know you're engaged. Thank you. So, yeah. congrats, so I honor love. Yeah, of course. And I think the love comes in different, Absolutely. different variations. And that is what I love about polyamory is mm-hmm. it just shows us like just in the same way, like I don't have just one best friend. Mm-hmm. I have multiple best friends mm-hmm. and I love y'all, yeah. you know, and we love each other and we can all hang out. I don't just love one parent. I don't just love one aunt. Like I love all of you. And, and, um, in relationships, you know, I think when, uh, uh, intimate relationships, Mm -hmm. partnerships, I think that if we can talk about, um, what we need and what works for all of us. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, like, it takes a lot of unlearning because we're conditioned, especially in this society, that this is what a union looks like. This is what, um, you know, it's two people in a relationship, you know, um, it, 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 it's like, so you're, you're, you're fighting against or not fighting against, but you're, you're constantly having to, having to unlearn, uh, uh, the traditional way of, mm-hmm. of what love looks mm-hmm. like. And so I love to, by being my authentic self and us being our authentic selves, yeah. challenge that notion. Yeah. I love that because what is very frustrating and i love having conversations like this on my show because uh, you're right we were all raised with something that was like this is the norm Mm -hmm. and it's like i'm so happy finally i mean there's still so much work to be done but like even with sexuality and you know Mm -hmm. fluidity it's just like what like it's very frustrating i think for people that see it so clearly like let Mm -hmm. everyone do what they want to do and then people that are still so stuck in the way that they want things to have been done for thousands of years prior when you speak about polyamory like i can imagine there are people that are so judgmental of even that word like how how do you even do that and like it's so small-minded and it's also like half the people that are saying that are speaking from a place of insecurity because i've seen people do it and be like isn't he cheating on his wife and Mm. like it's like there's so much judgment when when it something really frustrate someone I always believe like there's something internally that like Mm -hmm. is getting you going because why do you care so much yeah but how did you I'm assuming at some point you have dealt with judgment and to anyone listening that's also maybe like going against the norm which fuck the norm let's just make everything normal yeah how did you deal with that yeah always Mm -hmm. always always people are intrigued people think you know um I think all sorts of things but I think education is important I mean we have the internet. People mm-hmm. can look things up. And I mean, my close friends are super supportive. Um, you know, certain family members have been like, hmm. Mm. But for the most part, my my circle of people that I have around have been supportive. Even if they have questions and they wonder like, okay, mm-hmm. all right. Because also people are trying to figure out, well, hmm, is that what I need or what we need? Because... Mm-hmm. I definitely been cheating on my significant other for a very long time. But what if after all, we just needed a third, we needed somebody else, you know, that, that loved us and we loved them, um, to, 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 to be a part of our union. You know, people are trying and people are scared. I understand Mm -hmm. that too. Some people are scared to go against tradition and, you know, some people come from conservative environments. I came from, you know, conservative Baptist, background where I was taught to fear everything you know even getting into the music industry I was taught to just fear you know don't be like this artist or don't be like that or you know it's just been a lot of unlearning and and I get that and and I think I think though for me I I have to know that this is my life here on earth I wasn't put here to um um to follow every rule I was I was put here to help rewrite them yeah I really appreciate you talking about that because it's 
just such a prevalent topic that still like is we again we have so much movement that we need to keep doing but I think having conversations like this help I'm curious to know like how did you decide obviously being a public figure to speak openly about your sexuality Ooh, how did I decide it's sort of like decided for me because my art is a direct reflection of who I am Mm -hmm. you know I I have metropolis which is my first ep mm-hmm. i have a lot of independent work i put out before that and then i did the arc android my first full-length album sweet then i did the electric lady dirty computer and all the way now to the age of pleasure and and all those projects that have come out um it, i discovered that i mean i knew when i was a child that i was attracted um, to not just boys, but to women, mm-hmm. uh, and to energies. I knew that. And, and because of my sort of conservative Baptist, um, upbringing, it wasn't welcomed. I, I suppressed my sexuality. I suppressed my sensuality. I suppressed so much of me because I didn't feel safe. And so once I got to a place where, okay, I know for sure, for sure, uh, that, um, you know, I, I am, I, I am attracted to, 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 you know, these energies. Um, I, I'm going to honor that. Mm -hmm. And with each project you could, you can hear me and feel me getting more brave. Mm -hmm. You know, I created, um, the Android Cindy Mayweather, who is representative of, uh, in my work, who's representative of the other, you know, the queer person, Mm -hmm the the um black person the non-binary person trans all of all of us who are pushed to the margins of society Mm -hmm. and so I use that as a form of like a form of coping a coping mechanism until I was brave enough to actually say it and I think I was always dropping hints and I was getting more brave and you know less afraid um and then finally um because also I was in a relationship mm-hmm. in, in what some would say, you know, it was a lot of things like, you know, understanding, you know, polyamory is was something that I wanted to explore. Well, if you're already in a relationship, you have to go have conversations with that person's family. Mm-hmm. Well, what does that mean for you guys? And da-da-da. so I could not talk mm-hmm. publicly about certain things because they impacted my real everyday life. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like when I got off the stage, I would also have to go see these communities that I was a part of. And like, if they heard about it through, you know, any other thing outside of like me saying it, then what does that mean? And I just wasn't ready to have those sorts of conversations. Yeah. And so I guess to answer your question, like, you know, I just got brave over time. And once I also felt like I had community because the albums and the art and music what it also does is it signals like, hey, mm-hmm. I'm out here, I'm out here. Mm-hmm. And then you meet people who come to your shows and you meet other artists and people, other humans who like are like, oh, I identify with yeah. that or I fuck with that. And then we become friends and you have a community mm-hmm. now that supports you, yeah. that sees you, that even if your family you were born into doesn't support you or see you, you have support. Yeah. And so once I felt supported and I felt safe enough that's when I started to become even more brave and I um I started to be courageous in the yeah. way that I started to live my life and I think right now what I am doing I've done this privately is that I'm honoring all of me mm-hmm. I'm not closing off you know my sensuality anymore I'm not closing off my sexuality my polyamory if you listen to only have eyes 42 you know that's honoring that sort of union Mm -hmm. um if you're listening to hot hot from the age of pleasure or champagne shit or even float yeah you know Mm -hmm. you know i i i'm feeling much lighter now i float i had to let some things go um to get to this place and fear of not being accepted was one of them and once i got over that hump everything started to change for me community when you were saying that like I hope everyone listening if you're sitting listening to this or watching this in your room and you haven't been able to fully embrace your sexuality whether it's people around you you're afraid how they're going to accept you like there are so many people out there that will love you 
and like are so having the same feelings as you and so just don't limit yourself to just the people that you've been assigned as family to you absolutely it gets better it does yep as you start walking whenever you're ready don't feel pressure too yeah because I mean there were moments where um I felt the pressure Mm -hmm. to talk like interviewers would they would just speculate based on my appearance because I was wearing a suit Mm. they were like hmm you're a lesbian like that's what I would get you're a lesbian and you know as I was trying to discover who I was and I didn't identify with being a lesbian I I I, you know and and I had lesbian friends I love my lesbian Mm -hmm. family but like people would say certain things and try to force me to out Mm -hmm. what I was well if you're not a lesbian then what are you yeah and so I wasn't ready so don't feel also feel pressured to talk about your sexuality it is a private it can be as private or as public as you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it was seeping out into my art so much that like, I'm like, yeah, we go. this is, this is me. Yeah. This is who I am. And I wanted to also free a lot of people yeah. who were in their rooms, who could be in their rooms right now listening. Mm-hmm. Like you have family, you have a church, even outside of the, the church that you went to, if they disown you, like, there is a big church around the world with people who will affirm you, people who are like you. Mm-hmm. Your identity is not new. Mm-hmm. Like it's been happening. We're here. We're showing up for each other. And I love you. Yeah. I love you. When I was researching, um, I, I read somewhere you don't refer to opening up to others about your sexuality as coming out, but rather coming in. Mm-hmm. Can you explain that? I didn't actually come up with that terminology of coming in. Mm-hmm. I just thought it resonated with me more. Mm-hmm. Um, a guy by the name of John, I forgot his last name, but I heard him say it and he he's a, a queer black man. And I heard him and I was like, that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. It is bringing people bringing people into our worlds. Mm-hmm. I'm letting you in on who I am versus like you guys are the norm. And I'm just like, hi, I'm out here. Like, no, I'm letting you in to my world, which is sacred, which should be respected mm-hmm. and appreciated. Most certainly not apologetic about it. I love that. You're so right. Cause it's like, I'm letting you in on who I am. I don't, you don't deserve me. I don't have to come out to you. I don't owe you anything. Exactly. Like when I feel comfortable, I'll let you in. Like come clean. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. come out of the closet. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I've been here. You just must not have seen me. Mm-hmm. Um, or I'm not even, you must not have seen me. You must think that you and your, or you know what? Let's not even talk about mm-hmm. that. Nope. I was going to go down a no, whole no. stream. Trust me, I could too. <laughs> I could too. Yeah. How about this? Do you have a mantra you come back to when it comes to people who actively do not agree with the way that you live? Ooh. Yeah, I do. I have so much. I wish I had my phone with me. Um, but I think it comes down to power. Mm-hmm. You know, I think like when you give your power up to folks, like people's opinions have more power. Mm-hmm over you than how you feel about you that's I think where things take that turn Mm -hmm. where the depression sets in where the constant need for approval comes in Mm -hmm. and I think I'm a powerful ass motherfucker Mm -hmm. you know really yeah just as you are powerful we're all powerful right we all hold gifts that we have and I think that you know again how I think about myself Mm -hmm. has to be more powerful than someone who is trying to take me down Mm -hmm. through their negativity, who is trying to oppress me through their fear. My power and my love for myself Mm -hmm. is greater than that. Mic drop. Yeah. Mic drop. What is something when it comes to dating and love that you know now that you wish you knew when you were younger? Oof. Sheesh, man. Um, I would say I wish I had discovered vibrators a long time ago. Like, honestly, 
it's so fun to experience that with your partner. <laughs> it's phenomenal. It's so great. It's like, what, going to the sex shop? Like, I remember when I first went. See, again, when you come from those sort of, like, conservative backgrounds, yeah. a sex shop, I was full sunglasses on, like, do not have me in here. Oh, my God, what am I? Uh, oh, my God, please, nobody take photos of me. Like, I did not know. Right. I did not know the world of vibrators. Mm -hmm. I did not know the clitoral stimulation that you and your the fun y'all can have with one you know it doesn't necessarily have to be penetration it's life-changing right it's, how about you i remember i i didn't have one and my friend bought me one for my birthday in college and i i remember like the first time i tried something was the back of my electric toothbrush and i was like i ain't gonna front no the electric toothbrushes if, if you're if you forget <laughs> just go buy you a brand new one it slaps. It's gotten me through. <laughs> it's gotten me through. It is a lifesaver. And so yeah. I, I felt the same way though of I, my friend got me my first one and then I was like, Oh my God, like I never have to have sex again. Like this is amazing. Right. Like right. it just allowed me to recognize that like I hold the power of like my own orgasm and like I, yes. I don't need someone else to make me feel mm. amazing. Like I can do it myself because being taught mm -hmm. like we grow up and it's just like, the men will do this for you. And like mm. you, and I'm like, why am I going to wait for a motherfucker to give me an orgasm? Like, this is amazing. Exactly. Don't wait for a man or anyone to give you, you can do it yourself. Yes. So I remember I felt the same way in New York. I remember the first sex shop I went to with my friend. I was not famous, but like I was mortified <laughs> just being like, I just can't make eye contact. And I think that just comes from like shame of like, we're not yeah. normalizing, like, like exploring your sexuality and enjoying, especially yes. as women, like enjoying sex, mm. loving sex, being connected with your body. Mm. And I think it's so important that we start to have those conversations mm -hmm. at younger ages, obviously in a safe way, but like, yeah. especially for young girls, you just start to like feel shame and like you're doing something wrong. And yeah. that's why so many women, I truly believe like we have such a hard time in the beginning, like figuring out what works for us and knowing how to like get off because yeah. we were like it was basically like yes. don't touch yourself you're don't. a whore you're a slut and it's like Ugh. what or you're a deviant yeah. or like touching yourself gross mm -hmm. you know like if it was not you go get a boyfriend and y'all wait but don't have sex actually mm -hmm. until you're married mm -hmm. so go marry to have sex like I have cousins who actually married just women to just to have sex because they were just like God won't let it's a lie. It's, it's a, a lie. lie. And I'm, I, I, I will always just like, you know, say like my heart goes out to, mm -hmm. to those of us who have clit clitorises and, mm -hmm. and, and, and just not just those of us who are with, with clitoris, even, you know, for, for those of us who have penises or whatever mm -hmm. it is, the pleasure that we can give ourselves, like how that was stripped away from us. Mm -hmm. Um, I just hope that we can reconnect again with our bodies Me and too. reclaim our bodies. That's the space that I'm in. Mm -hmm. Like I am reclaiming my sensuality, mm -hmm. my, my sexuality, my pleasure, mm -hmm. like unapologetically, like I'm not apologizing for talking about it, for taking time to myself mm -hmm. to make up for lost times. I mean, I think I could have avoided a lot of just even sexual interactions with people who, yeah. I didn't really like, but I just was like, well, Here we go. this is the only way that I can feel less shame about mm -hmm. sex is if I do it with this person. But like that leads to so much confusion sometimes if you don't really, really, really like this person and they don't really, really like you. Mm -hmm. And it's a whole thing. That's and so I think you actually avoid, um, you have less stress when you take matters into your own hands, literally. I Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Everyone listening today, we are entering our era of the art of pleasure. Okay. Yes. We're taking it into our own hands. Yes, we are. Um, I know we've been kind of like essentially talking about it this whole episode because yeah. we're talking about pleasure yes. and finding our own voices to find that pleasure. But what has been the most rewarding part of making this soundtrack for you? Yeah. I mean, just like, you know, we're, we're talking about it's a soundtrack to a lifestyle. And I think so many people 
or you know that I'm that I'm hearing that's why I can't wait to go on tour mm-hmm. I'm on tour our first show is in Seattle the end of August oh, we're on yeah. tour so get your tickets mm-hmm. get your we tickets. have some more a little bit more available um, but they're selling out right now and I'll be on tour in North America through October 21st Amazing. the age of pleasure tour and so to see how people are like making this their album owning it and like with their friends I see them just certain songs are like oh my god you're speaking to my heart like I I needed to hear float I needed to give myself permission to to let things go and and to go into my you know a stage of like what hot is talking about like I look good I look sexy I look handsome like non-binary folks are feeling seen trans folks are being seen seen like the community in which I intended for it to be and even outside of that I think that you don't necessarily have to be a part of my community to 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 vibe with it I think that what it just represents is like even in the midst of chaos you got to find your pleasure you have to make time for yourself Mm -hmm. and I actually brought you something (gasps) what what Oh my God! Official Age of Pleasure shirts. I cut mine. Wait, I was gonna say it's so cute. No, it's so cute. You know I'm gonna do this. Like it's so cute. I wanted to bring you. um, This is so sweet. A shirt. And if you need another size. No, this is so good. I'll give you another one. And you no, can I'm. can I cut it like yes, you? cut it like me. <laughs> I'm just and copying you. But I've been staring at it and like it's such a vibe. It's yours. Thank you. I Thank adore you. you. It's and so dope. I wanted to bring you a hand. This is uh, so good. Oh, no, the hand. A handwritten um, autographed letter. That's what I meant to say. I autographed you. A copy of my book that I released in 2021 called The Memory Librarian. Thank you so much. A very computer. And um, yes. This is bringing the gifts, right? Yes. And girl, I know you just got back from vacation. I like, did. You're giving us all, you're getting us in our feels. We're all ready to go have sex with ourselves. Come on. We got a book. We got a shirt. Come on. Um, okay. To anyone that is like, you got to tell us what is, if you have to pick. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite song on the soundtrack? Ooh, shoot. Wow. Everyone's uh, going to go listen to this one. It's so, I'm like, so, okay. It varies because all of them, man. I, I, I mean, I hate to say it, but it's, it's, um, it's not a long album. I usually put out like, excuse me, like double albums. And with this one, I wanted you to want to replay it over and over and over again. I didn't want to, excuse me, I didn't want it to be too long. Because this one was just on um, President Barack Obama's um, Song of Summer, Only Have Eyes 42, 42. Um, so listen to that one. Love it. I mean, but I love every last song on this project. I'm having a hard time, like, figuring out what songs we're going to play on tour. I think I might have to just play all of them. Yeah. I don't know. But because I love, I, cre- I also thought about them from a live perspective and just yeah how fun it's gonna be to perform champagne shit and Dude, it's gonna be insane and i don't know what songs were you vibing to what I, are some of I your favorites champagne shit um is it called phenomenal mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i really like that one like featuring dochi yeah it's a yeah. vibe where like i don't know i really like that one like but again i it, it feels like it's a story that's being told and yeah. you're just like it's almost like an anthem vibe where you're just like vibing the whole time yeah. so i i agree i guess i couldn't like pick one too because you almost have to like listen to it all together all like together, start to finish yeah. and like feel it because the dry red is good the mm-hmm. last song mm-hmm. i love um I when I was writing this album, I wrote it with friends. I got to give a shout out to Nate Rocket Wonder, to Bueno, to Nana Quabana, and also the features. Mm. Like some of my favorite things is just to look down and be like, okay, Grace Jones is literally on this album. You know, Sister Nancy, who is like, bomb bomb. You know, we can't go anywhere at a, at a party without hearing her Jamaican influence. Patra, her, her Jamaican influence. Um, when I think about um, Nia Long, who is an incredible actress, mm-hmm. coming and being a part of it, Amaray, Dochi, um, who else? Uh, Fela Kuti son, Sheun Kuti, uh, horn, lots of horns on this project, um, CKs on this project. Uh, I don't know. It's just so 
like such a beautiful love letter to the diaspora and to um to music that again has gotten us through you yeah. know um a lot of the influences come from a lot of my friends who were in you know who are from Nigeria at our parties Ghana uh, South Africa LA New York Atlanta um you know all of us coming together and and feeling safe yeah safe enough to explore safe enough to be Janelle, I can't thank you enough for coming and call her daddy. This was truly such a pleasure. I'm so happy I got to sit in the same room with you and feel your energy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you you are coming. fantastic, thank Alex. You. Thank you so much for having me and all the beautiful work you do. Like, I don't really love doing lots of interviews, but you have a very great way of, of connecting human to human with folks. And I'm sure people tell you that a lot, but I'll just say like, I feel your aura and your energy through the screen and um, just congratulations on everything. Thank you. You're Thank fantastic. You. Thank you. You're Thank lovely. you. Woo! This episode is brought to you by DoorDash. One zero dollar delivery fees Try Dash Pass by DoorDash. Daddy gang, I love being home. I love to be cozy, comfortable, laying on the couch. I can't tell you how many times I need something, but I am too lazy to get up and get out of the house. And sometimes I need food or groceries, you name it. Dash Pass gets it delivered right to my door and yours too. It is only $9.99 a month. So I think it's a really good deal, Daddy Gang. So get $0 delivery fees on eligible orders with Dash Pass and new members get a 30-day free trial. Terms apply. Sign up today.